I also want to encourage all the Bible quizzers this week. I'm looking forward to quiz retreat and uh, spending a couple days there and watching them jump and and uh, going to give all the Bible quizzers opportunity to share if you want to. We're not going to require you to do that. But next Sunday, I think Tyler's going to do uh, John chapter 3. What a blessing it is to see that and and have that uh, in our church experience. For a message this morning, I've titled the message Watchful Prayer. Watchful Prayer. Many times in in the Bible, if you do a search, you'll have watch and pray together. And so we, uh, in a men's group, we're going through uh, disciplines of a godly man. And uh, it was interesting, this week we got together and and, uh, we talked about prayer. We had a wonderful time together and... Our assignment for next time is we're all going to put together a prayer list and share it with each other. And so I'm looking forward to that. I I came away from that very encouraged and and blessed and want to do that myself. And we're going through the, I am going through the uh, series of sermons from Ephesians 6 on the whole armor of God. And it ends, I, I would like to suggest uh, prayer, continual prayer and watching is, is part of the armor or part of the battle experience for a good soldier. Hopefully that you have been encouraged in this study as I have. Typically the Sunday school teacher or the preacher gets the most out of the lesson and that is the, the blessing of teaching and preaching and it has really been good for me to, to have an awareness of a soldier, to be aware of the battle that we're in, and to take heed to the call that we have in Scripture to put on. Because of this battle, because of the enemy and the principalities and powers and, and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore, because of this, put on the whole armor of God. You're foolish if you don't. And... I could also uh, title this message a righteous prayer as well. And uh, I'm going to go through a lot of the scriptures this morning, but there's one in James where it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So the righteousness that you have in your life avails much and your prayers come alive. And as I studied the whole armor of God, it's really righteousness. Summed up in one word, if you want to put on the armor of God, put on, of course, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the uh, belt of truth, and the, the, uh, the shield of faith, and also the feet God with the gospel, all of those summed up is, is just being in Christ and righteousness in your life. And so, really, I think this 
prayer life is only effective when we are righteous and we really put on the armor of God. First of all, the helmet of salvation. And all of these, as I studied them, are, are uh, areas that we grow in. It's not once and done, a soldier put on the armor, done. No, not at all. It's, it's a battle and it's something we're growing in. And, and salvation, we're saved, being saved, and finally once we'll forever be saved. That may not mesh with everyone's theology, but it does with mine. Righteousness, we walk and live in righteousness. We have the imputed righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, and we're without sin, but then we live righteousness, and we go on and we live righteously, and we make choices in life. That's an ongoing experience. Truth, we never are finished finding truth. And so we're, we're searching for truth and we want more truth. And I hope this morning you're all here hungry for truth. You're like sitting at a table saying, I want more. God, give it to me. Open my eyes to more and you'll never, ever exhaust the truth of God. And of course, the shield of faith. We're growing in our faith. The just shall live by faith. So it's a, it's a journey of faith, an upward climb of faith, and if anyone draws back onto perdition, my soul hath no pleasure with him. So uh, there you have the, the journey of faith, the, the walk of faith. And all of these summed up together as a righteous man, a righteous life. And when you have that, I believe your prayers will come alive. So turn in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians 6. I'm going to use 18 to 20. The final study of the whole armor of God. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. But as for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Praying always. Watchful prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching. There you have the two themes that we're going to look at uh, in this text. So the first point I have is continual prayer. Praying always. And I ask the question, how... Is it possible to pray always? And is this really possible? The early church was known as a church that was a praying church. It says in Acts 1.14, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in Acts 6.4, when they ordained the deacons, they said that we cannot serve tables and uh, involve ourselves with a lot of other ministries of the church. The apostles said this, and, but they will ordain deacons to serve tables and take care of a lot of the uh, ministries and behind-the-scenes work, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the preaching of the Word, the ministry of the Word. So I was amazed at that calling. They saw that. 
as, as a all-consuming calling, continually giving yourself continually to prayer. So continually means in Greek to be earnest toward, to persevere, to be constantly diligent. So I think the idea of always, every day, every minute of, of the day and every hour of the day being on your knees is not possible. Your employer is going to wonder why you're not showing up for work and mothers with babies crying, you can't let them cry and unattended, on and on and on. So there's no possible way that we can be on our knees all the time. But when you think about it in the light of being in an attitude and a heart of prayer all the time, yes, we can be in a spirit and an attitude connection with God all the time while the babies are crying and while demands are intense at work and you have all kinds of things going on. Yes, we can be continually in prayer. And so I think that is, uh, was helpful for me to, to think about it like that and to, to know that, uh, There are times when we need, I think, uh, it is important that you have a closet. And when Jesus said, enter into your closet, I think we know. And children, when, when Jesus was saying, enter into your closet, he didn't mean the closet in your bedroom where you put your clothes and shut the door. But what he really meant, enter into your closet, he meant that a private place. And I think this is really helpful when we think about watchful prayer. Even though we're continually praying in a spirit of attitude of prayer, every part of your life can be worship. Every part of your life can be worshiping God. And if it's not, then you're entering into sinful living. And so even recreation can be times of worship. And you can be in a spirit and attitude of prayer alone. I like some of those times, and I think we have to plan those those times where we're alone. And uh, at work, we can be uh, doing a good job at work, and we can be in a spirit and attitude of prayer. But that is not the place where we have a private place and we get alone. And, and we just pour out our heart to God. And I think that is an encouragement I would have for each of you. I don't know what your closet looks like, your prayer closet. And sometimes it's hard to, to find a closet, a place and a time that you can have those alone times with God without distractions. And I believe that's what Jesus was saying. Enter into your closet and shut the door, and maybe even leave your cell phone outside. Is that a risky and a safe thing to do today? And, and it, I think we should. But I will admit that it's hard. We think when we get a text, we need to respond like that. Well, I lived in days where there was no cell phones at all. <laughs> so... It may be scary, but it, it's possible. I want to say it that way. I know when you're when you're in line of duty and and you have someone that wants to uh, wants an answer, 
there's times when you need to have your phone on. But I think, and I would encourage, and for myself, I want to try and do that more because I just want to be honest. When you take your phone with you, distractions are very real. There's Facebook, and there's Twitter, and there's the news, and then there's these beeps and texts and everything else, and and I get them too, just like you do. And and I think that is one of the encouragements that I've experienced in this study for myself to have a better closet time. I do have my times in my room uh, I have lots of places that I can go, but I just need to be diligent in in whatever that looks like for you. I think this is part of the continual prayer where you offer up petitions to God. It says here in the in, in our verse, praying always continual prayer with all prayer and supplication that would be petitions specific prayers for uh, if you read on in, in the verse it says and watching in the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and so i think number 1 here when i was reading this i think our prayer should our prayer list should be filled with saints and people that we're praying for, the the church, our family, those that are sick and leaders and teachers and, and, and many of those things that the sick, those that are going through certain things, some that are struggling in certain areas, we just should have a prayer list that we have for the saints so that we can really be people who are praying for each other. And uh, also praying for the lost and praying for ministries and praying for missionaries and, and, and many different uh, ways that we can pray. But continual prayer, I think, is possible. When you think about John Wesley said, my heart is ever lifted toward God at all times and in all places. And and I like that uh, thought of praying always and continually being in a spirit and attitude of, of prayer. Petitions, uh, I mentioned for petitions for all saints. Paul even requested prayer for himself in our text. And he said uh, in verse 19, for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He felt a need for prayer and he called out to them to pray for him. We're praying for Stanley Muster, the evangelist, and he he uh, asked that we would pray for him and is feeling the need for prayer a week like that. And so there's where we can put that on our list. And if you have a list, if you don't have a list, I would encourage you that you uh, start one and it, it helps to work through. And then if there's an answered prayer, you can write it down and thank God for, for answered prayer. Some of the suggestions for a prayer list, you know, first of all, I think family should be on the top of your list. Uh, Those of you who are parents, make it a daily goal 
as much as you can to pray for your children. Yes, uh, even while they're young, you can pray specific prayers for each of your children that God would lead them to, uh, to marriage if it's his will and pray for, a, for each of your sons for a godly, submissive wife even when they're young and watch God move and work and bring that to pass. And other specific things that your children are going through, just make that a, a really top priority. Of course, church, it's wonderful when we know we're praying for each other and young children at church, missionaries, I think that is, is great to, to see missionaries that you regularly pray for. Make a list and start praying for missionaries, specific needs, a whole page. And make it manageable, but a prayer list with petitions. That's what he's saying here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication with specific requests and petitions for the saints and for each other. Church leaders, I know I can speak for Matt and Brian and myself. We need your prayers. And it's a blessing when we know that the church is praying uh, for their leaders. New Christians, new believers, the sick, and on and on. Government, uh, I think it is so important that we pray for our government and world events, the earthquake, all the hardships that come along with war and tragedy. On and on, just a couple suggestions for you to build your own prayer list and, and uh, be creative with, with your prayer list. So a closet, a prayer closet, will help you with concentration and avoid distractions. And a regular time can keep you scheduled in your, in your prayers, a regular time. It may be different for all of you. If you start work at 4 or 5 in the morning, some men start very early. And it gets pretty hard to take an hour of prayer before you go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And so you may want to schedule your time some, sometime else. And, and uh, with schedules, you're not going to be able to have uh, an hour a day. But uh, sometime, at least, schedule it to have that regular time. But I believe, at minimum, at minimum, I think we should, and I want to encourage you to start your day. First thing you get out of bed, kneel by your bedside. I don't know if you do that or not, but I would encourage you to do that. And the last thing before you go to bed, Kneel by your bedside and uh, just have at least the first minute, few minutes of your day and the last few minutes of your day. Just you and God, just whatever it is. If it's short, that's fine. And then, for me, uh, my regular time is mornings. And so that's when I like to have my time for devotions and, and prayer time. 
some specific prayers I want to say uh, just to uh, whet your appetite that God will always hear our prayers. He answers in different ways. But number one, a good prayer to pray every day is God, use me to glorify yourself today. My body is you, yours. Use me to glorify yourself. I'm here, God, to make you look good. Whatever opportunity I have today and throughout this day, use me to glorify yourself. Number two, reveal yourself to me. Ask God to reveal himself to you. He will reveal himself to you in different ways as you ask. I want to see you today. Uh, Number three, give me wisdom James says if we lack wisdom, we're to ask of God, and he gives liberally, so he will give wisdom. And how we need wisdom throughout our daily lives, I'm sure you would all acknowledge we need wisdom. Number four, help me find peace. I want the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, to settle into my heart. Help me find peace, and let peace rule and reign in your heart and life, and Number five, align my heart with yours. And just some ways that you can pray, specific prayers for yourself. And uh, you can just be creative. I just gave a couple ideas there to, uh, throughout the day, you can just be praying those constantly. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Lord, I want to uh, glorify your name through my life. Give me wisdom and we can be praying those prayers while we're driving down the road. Truck drivers can be praying lots of time. And uh, yes, take those opportunities. The second point is praying in the spirit. We don't talk about this a whole lot, but it says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Several places you'll find that Jude, it says in Jude 1, Jude 20, it says, But ye beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So what do you think about when you think about praying in the Spirit? Are there times when we can pray without the Spirit? Or is this uh, something that we have to work at? He's saying here, pray always in the Spirit. I think the, the picture that I, in the Bible that I have, that I think that explains this the best is Romans 8. And I want you to turn there for a few scriptures in Romans 8. Where we have this great picture of the Spirit of God praying for us and with us. And I love this, this passage. In Romans 8, we see Jesus intercedes for us and we see the Spirit also intercedes for us. In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself or itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now what you see in this 
text is that uh, the whole world, I didn't read all the scriptures, uh, the verses before this, but the whole world, all creation is groaning in pain together, waiting for redemption. If you back up a little bit, you say the whole creation, it is uh, subject to vanity or under the curse because of sin and because of Adam. So the whole creation is, is groaning. Waiting for redemption, the time when all creation will be redeemed and brought back into experience the glorious liberty that we, the sons of God, experience. And I, I love that. I, I could spend a lot of time there. There's coming a day when the curse will be removed and we'll, we, are, we look forward to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwells righteousness. There will be no more groaning. The whole creation is groaning. Then it says that we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirits, also, verse 23, not only they, but also ourselves, which have the first fruits of the spirit, we ourselves groan inwardly, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. So we all, as children of God, are also groaning. There's something deep within us, and it's the spirit of God within us. That's groaning and and longing for the redemption of the body. We struggle in this flesh. We get sick and we hurt and we are, the older we get, the more pains we get. And all of this that that we endure in our body, we miss fingers and we get in accidents and on and on the list goes. We groan in these bodies and we're longing for the redemption of our bodies. And I hope that you can relate to that longing, that inward groan. There's just something inside of us that's unsettled. These tents are temporary. We're not made to live in these tents forever, but we look forward to a a permanent house where our spirit can dwell in forever. A new body, new heavens and a new earth and a new body. And then this is the context that we have these verses in. Got to be careful that I get off my topic. But in verse 26... You get the picture, we're groaning, we struggle, we have issues, we have pains, we have problems. And the Spirit also is groaning. That's the point I want here in verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also help with our infirmities, for we know not what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There you have the Spirit is groaning as well and connecting with us. And the point that I want here is the Spirit of God is living inside of us and connecting with us in our struggles and looking forward and longing as well for the final day of full redemption. So when we're struggling, here's the point that you do not want to miss. When we're struggling, whatever way we're struggling... The Spirit is right there, feeling with you. Jesus also is described as a great high priest. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. So we have the Jesus in the throne room of heaven, the right hand of the Father, touched by our infirmities. We have the Spirit of God living within us, 
groaning with our infirmities and our pain. And there's times when we get to the place where we do not know how to pray. Ever been like been there? We don't know how to pray and the Spirit's right there alongside. Making intercessions to the Father. The Father knows everything, it says in the text, that he knows all. And the Spirit is right alongside with us, living inside of us, connecting with us, feeling our pain right there. And so when we are in the Spirit and we are connected to God, this is what it means, I believe, to pray in the Spirit. Just this connection where we are connected. And the Spirit is making intercessions to the Father for us. And we are praying to the Father through the Spirit. There's there's just this beautiful connection. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. It means to pray in the Spirit. The Spirit intercedes in harmony with the Father's will. So I like to think about it this way. The Spirit of God infuses His prayers with our prayers and they come together and they touch the Father. And He really deeply cares about your pain. He really deeply cares about what you're going through. He really deeply cares about the mountains that you face. He really deeply cares about struggles in life. The Spirit of God cares enough that He, he, he intercedes with groanings. And I don't know what that sounds like or looks like completely. I know they tell me when I had my accident, I was drove over by a tractor. There's a difference between a cry and a groan. Nine years old, I was drove over by a tractor and tractor stopped on top of me and my brother backed off, picked me up, ran into the house and And my brothers witnessed that. They said there's a difference between a cry and a groan. A groan is just a fighting to live. I'm not sure if this is quite the same, but that's somewhat the picture that I get here of the Spirit of God. Let this bless you this morning and read this and study this and experience this. And I would like to suggest on the top of your list, prayer list, put in large letters, pray in the Spirit. Always engage and remember the Spirit of God is connected to you. The Spirit of God cares for you. The Spirit of God intercedes for you. The Spirit of God is connection with the Father's will, knows all things. And all things work together for good to them that love God is the next verse. So you see this beautiful picture. It all's working together. All things are not good, but all things work together. So let that be your experience in your prayer life. Praying in the Spirit. And thirdly, watching in prayer. The Greek word to watch is to keep awake. And I like when I preach if everyone's awake. If someone's sleeping, it's not a good sign. And I think it's important to, to be awake in our spiritual lives as well. I think it's in Romans, it says it's high time to wake out of sleep. The day is at hand. Uh, there's many 
scriptures we could look at. I'm going to just go through a couple of them. But the one that uh, I want to start with is watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Jesus said this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before he went to the cross, Jesus went into the garden. And there he went into extreme temptation. And he uh, went with his disciples, his uh, inner circle disciples. They went a while. They they talked together. And then Jesus went a stone throw further. And it says that he was exceedingly sorrowful to the point of death. And he began to struggle and pray. And we know the story there. He was wrestling with the cup that he, the Father had given him. And after his first prayers, he went back to the disciples and said... Uh, he findeth them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Could you not watch one hour? We have there the one hour. And Jesus went and prayed again, came back, and, and uh, they were not engaged. They, they fell asleep. So watch that you do not enter into temptation. In Ephesians chapter 6, the text we're looking at, it says that we should do all to stand. And having done all to stand in the evil day. So there's an evil day. And Jesus in uh, the Lord's prayer, the model prayer we have, enter Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation. That's a, a wonderful prayer for uh, your prayer list as well. The model prayer is actually laid out in, in categories for you to just start with glorifying the Father's name. It's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Glory be to your name. And, and just go through that uh, prayer point by point, but uh, one of them is, is that you do not enter into temptation. So be watchful and be alert that uh, you do not enter into temptation. There's temptation and evil all around. I know temptation is, is a battle, but we do not have to yield to sin. We are called to watch for the Lord's return, and we have the, the parable of the uh, ten virgins in Matthew 25, where we have that Ending, the parable ends in verse 13 with watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So the ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. They all were invited to the wedding. They all had oil in their lamps. I believe they all had the Spirit of God. They all were looking for the, the bridegroom to come and when the bridegroom delayed, they all got tired of watching, and they got tired of persevering in watchful prayer. Five went out and bought oil, and five left their lamps go out. And when the bridegroom came, they wanted the oil from the uh, wise, and we know that doesn't work. And so that's a picture, I believe. The whole point of that parable is watch. Therefore, 
for you do not know the day or the hour the Son of Man comes. People have been saying the Lord's coming back for a long time. The Lord's coming back and the Lord's coming back. And and we don't know the day or the hour. We can see the signs and we see the times we're living in. But the whole point for all of us this morning, for myself, is to to be living a, a watchful, righteous life every day. And And I think, yes, that's what God wants from us. So watch for the Lord's return and. And then thirdly, watch for souls. There's a, uh, a call for leaders to watch for, for the souls of the church. And in Hebrews 13, 11, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. As they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not grief, for this is unprofitable for you. I'm humbled when I read that verse and I will say that I don't understand that verse completely. But when you read it in its, simplic- in simp- in its simplicity, there's a call to obey those that have rule over you, the leaders. And there's a call to submit yourselves a heart of submission, and there's a call to leaders to watch for the soul. So leaders cannot be uh, falling asleep. And it humbles me when I read that. Churches and, and all the souls here, I want the best for all of you. And I know that I have room to improve in my prayers and my watching. And my Paul says... In Acts 20, 31, he says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn every night and warn everyone night and day with tears. So that, that's the commitment Paul had for all the churches that he was uh, a part of. He took it very seriously. And I think we can make applications for parents. I think parents, there's a great calling here and a need to watch for your, the souls of your children too. I don't think it's right to put all of this responsibility on church leaders. I think everyone is to shepherd your home and to watch all the, the, uh, the temptations that children, our children face. And we should be very alert, very watchful, and, and encourage all to righteous living. Watch for souls. If I read this verse right, there's coming a time in glory when the whole Shenandoah church will gather together. Now I'm using my own imagination a little bit, but uh, leaders will have to give account. And I say this in humility, but that's what I read in this verse. And... It says that they may do it with joy. And and I love that picture of just, wow, Burnell, we made it. And I can just do it with joy, every one of you. I just, the Lord just lined me right up with you, Burnell. Every one of you, we we get to glory. And there's this reunion and, and, and there's, there's just an account that we have to give. And so may we be humbled by this verse is all I want to say. 
So in conclusion, we must have watchful prayer if we're going to stand in the evil day. And I think if you are honest, as, as I was trying to be honest, it's an area that we need to grow. I think the church is weak right here and myself first. I'm just going to be honest. I think this is a weak area. Let's just be honest about it and look at it. And uh, Bible reading and prayer is just things we have to work at. Watchful prayer. We need this to stand in the evil day. Or you could say righteous prayer, the prayer of a righteous man. So having on the whole armor of God. And when we have on the whole armor of God, we're walking in righteousness. We're living in truth. We're uh, Sharing the gospel and we have the shield of faith. We're growing in all of these. Our prayers will come alive. I, I can honestly say that. And so let's give it all. Put. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So let's give everything we got to this. And continual prayer is an attitude of prayer every day, all the day. Worship. Sing songs. I don't know how many of you love to sing, but for myself, I find myself singing and I find myself preaching a lot. It's possibly part of my calling. I don't know who all saw me driving down the road already, just preaching a sermon and getting into it on the road. That's watchful prayer. And, and, and let, it, let it just grow in your life. Give it all you got. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for our time together. Touch us all with this challenge and with this calling. I pray that we all together could encourage one another to be soldiers fully armed. Growing in our faith, growing in our walk, passionate about God, wanting more. And I pray that we could encourage one another, pray for one another, and grow together. Lord, bless our church, and may your name be exalted because of Shenandoah Mennonite Church and the people of God in this area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.